Hey everybody, it's John from RestaurantMastering.com. What's going on today? I hope you guys are having an awesome day. This is episode 002. This episode took a little bit longer to come out than I wanted it to, but I scheduled it with my very first boss ever. Getting his schedule and my schedule to correspond with each other was a little hectic, to say the least. But we finally made it happen, and I'm happy that I waited because it turned out to be a really good interview. And without saying anything more, here it is in four, three, two, one. Take it away. I'd like to welcome you to RestaurantMastering.com podcast. Brought to you by someone who lives in the Northwest and wears shorts all year long. John Kinnanen. Let's see. Hello, everybody. This is John Kinnanen here. I'm here today with my first manager. Uh, not my first manager, but my first manager when I was 16. His name is Todd Tompkins. I worked for Hungry Howie's, and that's where I first met him. When uh, I was, I think I started there when I was 15, actually, and I worked inside for probably about a couple weeks or something like that, or until I got my car. And then I became a driver there. And it's crazy how that job has really influenced me and really, I don't know, I compared every other pizza place I ever worked at to working at Hungry Howie's with Todd Tompkins. Um, and this is Todd. Hi there, my name is Todd Tompkins. I've uh, been in the pizza industry since 1992. Um, Hungry Howie's first opened in the fall of 1991, and uh, I was with them for 10 years. Um, started out as a delivery driver, um, did that for about eight months, and then uh, progressed my way all the way through the management system, um, working for our franchisee at that point in time, um, all the way up when I left. After 10 years, I did leave for a while. Um, I was a director of operations at that point in time, overseeing 14 stores, and uh, was gone for a while, came back, and now I'm currently acting as an area general manager, um, currently overseeing three locations. So that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Uh, what would you say really sets Hungry Howie's apart from the other franchises or the other, I don't know, you used to work for 7-Eleven or... But what really sets Hungry Howie's apart? I mean, they, they have their flavored crust, but what have you really enjoyed about working for Hungry Howie's? Um, I would say a few of the things that, that set at least our portion of Hungry Howie's apart, since we are a franchise. Um, I kind of invest more faith in our actual business owner, Bob Wilson, as opposed to the Hungry Howie's business system. Um, he's taught me a lot over the years, um, just about general business, dealing with people, um, investing in your business, um, being able to um, understand what the needs are of the customers in the areas that you're at. Um, there's a lot of different things that Bob has been um, been involved in and showing me everything that I know now about the pizza world um, and just from a from a national perspective you know Hungry Howie's is it's a local franchise that started here in Michigan and we do have um, you know that that logo that's been out there for now for over 40 years and everybody knows the Hungry Howie's face that, that's from Michigan um, they, they have expanded across the country now they're not in every state but we do have close to 650 locations nationwide but uh, here in Michigan it's definitely very prevalent in uh, 
in society and they know and understand um, that, that trademark that's out there by the road. So um, that's another unique thing to have as a company that's born and bred here in Michigan and, and holds that that status with everybody else locally. So, Thank you for that. Uh, when we started working together, like I said, I was 16 years old and now that I own my own pizza place, I think back to those days and how, I don't know how you didn't kill a lot of us, <laughs> um, but as as an employer now, these kids nowadays are are a lot different. And how do you, how do you guys deal with that? I mean, I know when we worked together, we had we had a great crew, and I always compare every crew that I have to really Bo Wisdom and uh, Melanie and you as a manager, like everything there just ran so smoothly and just I think a lot of it had to do with the the crew we had and the, you know even though we were young I don't know I it's just different now and I don't know how do you how do you feel about that or what do you see this is so different now yeah I definitely agree that that it is a different different community to pull from nowadays you know back then um you know one of the biggest factors i think that are different now is back then everything was done manually um so you had to be even more efficient in what you were trying to achieve um busy friday night if you're going through 300 orders and you're manually writing up every ticket and licking and sticking tickets on boxes and um, manually running a cash register, manually having to make change in your head or using a calculator, manually having to add up each and every order that's being taken over the phone. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest differences now versus then is just the, the overall efficiency that was needed back then in order to be able to support business that was just as busy, if not busier, than the business is today. Um, and then the other contributing factor, I think, today is, you know, as, as a lot of people speak to the, the millennial factor, um, so many of of today's kids that that come to work for us um, don't really have that same drive and motivation to succeed or learn the business or want to excel in the business because they've been given their first car from their parents and they don't have to work towards trying to purchase that first vehicle um, or they they get money from their parents all the time and the only reason that they have to work is to just show their mom and dad that they're responsible um, so we do run into a lot of circumstances where um, the folks that we pull from from the 16 17 year old range and even you know even some of the 15 year olds I've actually found that some of the 14 and 15 year olds nowadays work harder than the 16 and 17 year olds do because they've never had any exposure to any experience at all working and uh, you can kind of mold them and shape them into what you want and, and try to teach them what work ethic really is um, so so those are a couple of the things that I think uh, are, are quite different today versus back then I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, I can't tell you how many times I just get a phone call from the parents even that say, you know, Junior's going up north this weekend with me. You know, and it's like, well, I have them on the schedule and they don't really care. They're, they don't care if their son or daughter has that job. Like you said, they just had them get a job just to prove that they could get a job and kind of teach them a little bit of responsibility. But really they'll just pay their bills and they'd rather them you know go on vacation with them you know instead of teaching them hey you need to put in a two-week 
notice to let them know we're going on vacation and if the boss says it's okay then you can go on vacation I remember growing up my mom she wanted me to work more if I could because she was a single parent and even single parents nowadays they they still don't teach their kids the same kind of work ethic that we had growing up um, I can't tell you how much it bothers me to see some of these kids come in here and think that they deserve ten fifteen dollars an hour and they don't even do the job for what they're getting paid to do it as now you know and back then I feel we even worked harder and we would never you know t treat our job the way they treat their job nowadays but it's just a different time um, they say every generation gets worse <laughs> our parents probably are just shaking their heads uh, in disbelief at you know the work ethic nowadays compared to the you know when they were growing up a lot of them worked on farms and had several jobs you know and responsibilities and chores and then they went to work on top of that um, it's funny you mentioned uh, licking licking the tickets and sticking them on boxes I remember doing that and you know figuring out the price on the calculator and that's how I did it when I first opened this place is that's what I remembered I remembered how we used to do that, how we had the calculator sitting right there. And again, I was drawing from my very first job on how I was going to run my pizza place. And, you know, everybody was like, well, why don't we just use these, these check tickets? And I was like, no, this is how we did it at Hungry Howie's. It was one of the busiest, fastest, most efficient pizza places I ever worked at. And this is how we're going to do it okay <laughs> you know and I had to search to, to find a place to order them but I I did I found a place to order them from and by no means were we doing 300 tickets a night because uh, we're mom and pop shop but it was still challenging to teach these kids how to figure out the price um, and then there was always everybody's handwriting was a little different we had to teach everybody the <laughs> the abbreviations for what pepperoni was what sausage was you know and we even had to like at first I just thought it was common sense okay pepperoni PE sausage SA you know tomatoes TA you know it just went down the line but I had to come up with uh, like part of my you know I had to come up with my own procedures because I wasn't a franchise so I had to come up with a list of toppings and say this is the abbreviations this is how it's done and this I don't care what you think you know and that's part of being a, a mom and pop shop and really growing um, as a business owner when I first opened and then I went to the pizza expo out there in Las Vegas and I was there basically shopping for a POS system and I came across Revention which I wish I would have just walked right by that booth now. <laughs> um, they're they're great. It's a great uh, system. Um, they're very expensive, and I bring up Revention because I know that you guys use Revention as well. And I was just wondering what you your thoughts about the POS system and you know coming from the the tickets to the POS system because I know part of our problem was is our customers were like well it was this price last week why is it this price this week why isn't it the same you know and it all came down to depending on who was answering the phone if they felt like charging them for the extra topping or not and 
if they punch it into the calculator right. Um, so yeah, you could get three different prices three different times and you could order the same thing three different times that day, you know, whereas with the POS, it made everything so that it was, it just streamlines everything now. Like, I mean, you guys are pushing out way more orders than what we push out. And could you imagine, like, it makes everything run smoothly for you? Think about it for us, it makes it feel like we're on order number one, you know, and we might be on order number 60 or something, you know? And I just want to get your perspective about the POS system that you guys use and how the transition from the paper to that. Because I remember Bo used to have to figure out the labor every hour, you know? And I never got, I never got that technical. Um, with with it because uh i don't know i was always here so <laughs> i if it was slow you were going home <laughs> but what do you, what are your what are your thoughts on it yeah the revention system certainly did change the change the overall way that operations happen for hungry howies um i know originally back in the day when when they were looking to bring aboard a company um not just locally but on a national platform that's going to be able to support as many stores as they were going to require um to utilize their system, um, it certainly has been eye-opening to, to go back and look at all the mistakes that were made and the amount of time that was involved in, in manual labor of crunching. You know, you used to become a 10-key a ten key expert being able to use a calculator so fast and add things up because of all the manual labor that was involved with totaling and tallying. Now, um, like John said, it is universal pricing and um, they're going to get the same price every single time that they order. They're going to get the same recipe every single time they order. Um, so it certainly does make it easier for sure. And with the revention system that we have, um, maybe a little bit easier for us to get things accomplished with revention because we have such a such a strong platform of stores that pull from their call center um, whether, when there is customer service issues or um, troubleshooting that needs to take place. Um, sometimes I do believe that it is kind of the luck of the draw depending on when you call and who you talk to <laughs> over there because their call center is, you know, there's been times where they knock my socks off and fix the problem within minutes and then there's other times when you're on the phone literally for over an hour trying to have them help you fix or figure something out so um so we are fortunate definitely to have um so many stores calling to the same functions and features to where john is um being supported just as a as an individual with just a couple of locations so um i think that's critical for him that he doesn't have that same support that that we've negotiated with them um on a national level of over 650 stores so that's crazy that's crazy you guys have 650 stores is that the exact number i think it's a little over 650 now yeah wow that's awesome um definitely if uh I, I like being an independent, but on the other hand, uh, being franchises would be extremely nice because, like you said, the, er, all the procedures, all everything is set in stone. You guys probably have training manuals, you know, for people to watch uh, on video even, whereas when they come in the first day here, they're... I'm literally showing you, know, having them walk them around the store, and I really rely on my veterans to really show the new people around where you probably do the same but you guys also have videos and you know different procedures for everything which is really what I've developed over the last five years I've really you know I have a procedure for everything even from complaints to pr 
praises, you know, because you, you want to reward that person for doing a great job, just like you want to talk to the people that aren't doing a good job, you know. But so there's benefits to being a franchise and there's benefits to being a mom and pop shop one thing is i get to have like a cheese stick pizza you know or if i see something good or if an employee of mine's like oh man we should have a uh, i don't know a big mac pizza or something i can throw it on the menu the next day and uh there'd probably be <laughs> copyright infringements with the name but <laughs> that, that that's one of the cool things about being a mom and pop shop is I get to create the menu um, and I do my best at making sure the recipes are all the same all the time but with you guys uh, it definitely is um, uh, what's a I know for my store I try and keep my labor at like between 20 and 30 percent and my food costs down like right around 30 percent I get that question a lot when I interview different different uh, Restaurants. I've sent out surveys to them to ask them, you know, what are some of the problems that they see. And one of them is, you know, I wish that I would known what a good food cost is or what a good labor cost is. And one of them was even from a Mancino's, which I was really surprised because I thought that that would be more of a franchise. But he says he gets to set his own prices and everything. And I'm thinking that's not really a franchise motto, but they should have that food cost for you, I would think. But what's, what's a good one for you? Yeah, Hungry Howie's is, you know, as a, as a Hungry Howie's franchisee in the system, you are allowed to, to set your own pricing. Um, and as far as food and labor cost, um, we generally try to run our food cost uh, right in the 24 to 27% range. Um, and then labor... Um, Working with the franchisee that I work with, um, he has never been a particular fan of what most places would call a labor percentage in trying to run your business based on a percentage of of your sales towards your labor. And he has lobbied actually with Hungry Howie's on a, on a national level to have them even do more research into the way that he supports the labor side of his business. And we use what is known as a sales per man hour formula. Um, as opposed to a labor percentage um, to where we set a goal every day, depending on the location, we'll say um, $30 per man hour is what your anticipated goal is going to be. So the way that that breaks down is for every hour that you're open and paying out labor, um, so say for the first hour that you're open, um, if you have four employees that are on the clock, you've incurred four hours worth of labor expense, you should be able to generate $30 $30 with each one of those hours. So your sales for that hour should be approximately $120 to still maintain a profitable business structure inside of that first hour. Um, so you're going to have hours where it's slower and your labor or your sales per man hour is going to be, you know, in the teens or even in the single digits or, you know, depending on the location and what's going on with all the other special events or weather in the area um, could be even in the negative. Um, but then you're also going to have your hours on Friday and Saturday and some other nights during the week where, you know, you're working with, you know, 40, 50, 60 sales per man hour. Um, so it all balances out in the end as long as you attain your, your daily goals and your weekly goals and your monthly goals. So we've never really been adamant about labor percentage. Um, generally, it probably does break down to about a 18 to 22 percent labor percentage if you were to really break it out from there. Um, but 
the the nice part about sales per man hour is you set the schedule up to always be able to support being busy and never wishing that you had scheduled somebody else or it's always much easier to send somebody home than it is to get somebody to come in when you're in the middle of of a rush that you weren't anticipating was going to be as busy as it is so sales per man hour is a is definitely a labor model that that i've learned a lot about over my time in the industry and how it does support and promote the ability to grow the business because i i have seen other operators in hungry howies that utilize just working off of a strict labor percentage and if they're staffed to run a certain labor percentage to do a $1,200 Tuesday night and they end up doing 1900 chances are it probably was atrocious because they were so focused on trying to be able to run you know, a 20% labor model on a day when they were anticipating to do 1200 and it snows and there's a parade and there's something else that goes on and all of a sudden they've done 18, 1900 and they weren't ready to do that labor-wise because they're trying to focus on just a percentage instead of trying to focus on sales, sales per hour based on the labor that they scheduled. So um, that's one of the biggest differences I think that we've utilized and become very successful with is using a sales per man hour model as opposed to just trying to schedule and manage off of just a standard labor percentage for the store sales. Uh, thank you. That was That's interesting. I've never heard of a, what did you call it, a labor per man sales hour? Per man. Sales per man hour. I'll have to look into that. That's, uh, here i yeah. All right. So yeah, like you were saying, you do the sales per man hour. Okay. I've never heard of that. I'm going to look into that. Um, well, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me. Like I said, uh, thank you again for being my first boss and dealing with me and my 16-year-old attitude. <laughs> and looking back on it, I, I always say to myself, I have a bad employee. Uh, that's my uh, yeah, that's karma coming back to me. Uh, I still don't think I was that bad. Where it's uh, like some of them, but <laughs> but again, thank you for taking the time. Like I said, I compare every. It's crazy to think what an influence your first job can have on you for the rest of your life, really, and your first manager. And I try and take that, uh, you know, what you what you taught me when I was that young, and I try and do that for the kids that come walking through my door because a lot of them it's their first job and you know I try and be you know show them a work ethic as much as I can as much as their parents let me you know and uh, you know we try and have a good time and really the pizza industry even the restaurant industry when I worked at Chili's and everything it's it's kind of like a family family it, you know you you rely on that person it gets kind of hectic it's kind of stress stressful in the kitchen and it's crazy how you know you're relying on that person to have your back when it gets times like that when you're in the trenches and you're yep crunch time and you're digging yourself out and at the end of the night you know you guys might get a little heated with each other uh, at times but at the end of the night you know you guys are all friends and you guys are all laughing and um you know a lot i don't know there's been so many people that that had you know come through my door that i'm still in contact with even after they've left um and a lot of them come back you know and later on in life and you know i just wanted to say thank you and 
Uh, hope you know how much I appreciated what everything you did for me, and thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me. You were my first interview. I wanted it to be that way because you were my first boss. So uh, thanks again. Well, I do appreciate the opportunity, John, and it has been a pleasure to come and uh, just kind of reminisce a little bit and, and give you some insight on the way things used to be and the way things they are now and hopefully the success and the way things will be in the future. So uh, best of luck to you and your team here, and uh, I'm sure we will be in touch. Thanks again. Thanks. All right, guys, I want to say thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next time. And thank you again, Todd, for taking the time to do that interview. Talk to you later, guys.